1: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only Mr. Ryan Gallagher.
0: Hey, thanks for having me on. This is what's, awesome.
1: What's going on with you today?
0: Well, radio interview after radio interview. This is my first on-camera one, so if I look disheveled and grumpy, that's why.
1: No joke. You look <laughs> fine. I, I look. I look tired today so well, that's what a
0: ring light and makeup does to you right
1: <laughs> i have a ring light so i'm headed in the right direction there we go where are you now like where are you in the world
0: um burbank so you're I'm in, at the <laughs> hotel in burbank
1: so do they put you up like during the voice like you are literally at the hotel the whole time
0: yeah and so it's especially interesting because of covid so mm-hmm. one second Oh, yeah, that's
1: true because of COVID. Yeah.
0: And so what they typically do is they do quarantine, or they, I guess they sequester the contestants on every other season. But this one's been especially different because of COVID. So we have the six feet rule. We have the vaccine. We have to do testing every other day. So I've had more COVID tests than probably anybody else in this world. <laughs> but um, it's they, they have had us here basically since July with like a few weeks off.
1: And then do you, like, when you go to eat, like, you go to breakfast, like, is it the true, like, you can't really speak to the other contestants, or it's not really, because it's not really alliances, like, this isn't, like, Survivor or Big Brother, or you can just interact, like, barring COVID, are you not supposed to speak to anyone during?
0: There's definitely protocols. We can speak to the other contestants. We actually have really good rapport with everybody, but, um, I mean, we're just trying to keep you know, maintain social distance and just do that as much as possible. It kind of is, it kind of stinks because we can't give each other hugs and we can't like support each other off like at the, at the actual um, stage when they're performing. But um, when we order food, we basically, we can order through Amazon, we can order through like the hotel, but then just gets delivered to our room. So we don't really, we're not really able to eat together, which kind of, you know, it's all right. It's, it's, you got to play your part, I guess, and just feel the protocol.
1: Or is it in a way better just because it's competition? Like, do you, do you really <laughs> love everyone that you're on The Voice with? Or, I mean, it is a competition. I love everybody. I really. I
0: everybody here. I love everybody here. And you know what? It's, it, it is a competition, but I think we're all just so... I feel like we're all the luckiest people on the planet right now. We get to do a TV show. We get to be performing. I mean, every other musician and singer is probably so jealous of us because we're actually continuing on with our career as a whole world kind of stops. And so I feel very lucky. We all feel very lucky to be here, but we're kind of just really a a family. We're all really supportive of each other. And even though it's a competition show, I kind of look at it as every time I get a step on stage, I'm just so thankful because, I mean, nobody has that opportunity this year.
1: Now, where are you from originally?
0: I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I... I I've, I've lived in Grand Rapids basically my whole youth. And then I moved to Nashville for a couple of years. And then I've been in LA about 12 years. It, and so.
1: And it was always music for you growing
0: up? No, like, I mean, I, I was a hockey player. I, I, I liked ice hockey. I liked, you know, I liked the sports. And then I took choir in high school for the EZA. <laughs> and um, I figured it was big enough that I could kind of like come in and out, extend my lunch period a little bit if I wanted to. But um, no, I honestly wasn't a mu- uh, music guy growing up. And so I kind of fell into it later part of high school than after high school. And then that's when I started just going with it.
1: Wow. So, I mean, you took choir and then it didn't come out there that you had a great voice? Like,
0: Well, I just thought everybody could sing. You know, I kind of just blend in in the background with everybody else. But um, apparently, Sean Ivory, he was my choir director, he heard something in me that I didn't hear in myself. And then um, he actually asked if I could audition for um, to sing backup in uh, Josh Groban's choir. And so I did. I got the part and walked over the risers, 15,000 people. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life.
1: Really? So, like, you never thought of music before your choir teacher was like, hey. I just...
0: Figured, you know, music, every, like, I grew up going to church and, and everything, and I'm just like, oh, everybody kind of sounds good here. Everybody can sing. It's just one of those things that humans can do well. <laughs> and then, um, you know, just being, like, a dumb kid, and then be like, oh, not everybody can actually sing.
1: <laughs> no, they cannot. I wish that I had a singing voice, and we won't go there. <laughs> so, your choir teacher just happened to know Josh Groban? mm mm-hmm. um, He knew, like, kind of,
0: like, the people that were, in like, in Josh Groban's camp. And so I think when he goes to different cities, he sometimes picks different choirs. And for some reason, Sean Ivory had like a contact with Josh Stroben's people. So then he said, well, I'll have some of my high school students try out. And so it was a small group of us and I was one that was picked. And it was uh, definitely, it definitely was a thing that kind of was a catalyst for me wanting to be in music.
1: So you try out, you do well. Did you think you got the job or you weren't even, you were just so casual about the whole thing?
0: It was actually one of the things that I was the most, like, I, I've been like one of those kids growing up. I just never really, like, it takes a lot for me to get excited. Like, I love family. I love being around people. But, like, experiences and stuff is, if I'm with people I love, I have a blast. If I'm alone, I don't really care. But with that process, I remember eagerly anticipating to know the outcome of my audition because I didn't know it until the end of the day. And so I actually went back to the choir class at the end of the school day, missed my school bus. And um, found out that uh, I actually got the part. So it was one of those things where it's like, I really want to know if I got it because I didn't know why I was being called to sing. But when I sang, I was like, oh, I can do this. And then my choir director said, yeah, I got it. So.
1: And then were you just like, you said you then went to a show with Josh. Like, when did you start? Was it like a huge gap or it was like, no, you have three days and you're going to be on stage with Josh Groban?
0: It was quick. It was like, I think it was like a couple of weeks, maybe, uh, maybe like a week and a half um but there's a uh, an arena called the vandal arena there and it holds a ton of people and we got there it was kind of like the sound check was going on and it was just a whole different atmosphere than i was ever used to it was just there's something you know like there's something about it when you go and you like you see like the the pre concert and you're like what's going on here they're like trying to get everything all right they're trying to get ready for a big show and it was really my first time ever being in that industry and then I see Josh Groban banging on the drums, playing piano. And then he comes over and he goes, he goes you guys are going to kick ass tonight. You guys are going to kick ass. Like, I know it. <laughs> like, really cool. Like, really, like, I was like, man, I want this guy's job. And then when I was watching him, like, because we were able to watch the concert as well, as sing um, some backup for him. And I just remember watching him like, man, he is captivating these people. And it wow. was one of the most awe-inspiring moments of my life to be like, you know what? This is something that I want to do for the rest of my life.
1: What about like when you were standing in front of, like you said, all those people, like you were just like, wow, you weren't yeah, I nervous. Like, wow. I was like,
0: okay, I, I was nervous. I was like, I hope these knees will keep me up because I was probably paying more attention to my knees shaking than I was to the notes coming out of my mouth. And I honestly don't even think I was really singing the right notes that <laughs> on that performance, but it, it was, it, it's an adrenaline rush and it never really goes away. The nerves have subsided when I'm on stage now, but, the adrenaline rush is still very much there.
1: So you do that. It goes well when it's over. Josh probably says you guys did great. Mm -hmm. And then, so it was just, that was like a one-off concert. That's what happens. He goes to like different. It was
0: very quick. It was very quick. That was like, that was like the only little taste I needed. It was just like a little taste. He said, okay, that's what I want to do.
1: So that's over. And then Josh leaves town for the next choir group. And then what happens? Like you go to your parents and you're like, this I just, is it? I kind of forgot
0: about it. No, I forgot about, like, I didn't forget about music, but I was like, okay, well, I don't know how to get into those opportunities because I just didn't know. And um, cause that one I just
1: started, kind of came, not that you didn't yeah. deserve it, but that's a good first gig.
0: Yeah. It was just like, yeah, it was a great first gig to introduced me into the music world. And then I was like, you know what? I want to try to try to, Get that same feeling of performing. So what I would do is I would ask the the school if I could do the national anthems at the at the high school. Was just like get in front of people and just to, to sing, you know, just to see what they thought. And people liked it, and people thought I had a decent voice. Obviously, I was very green, and I, I probably would hate listening to myself back if I listened to it now. But um it was something that you have to do. You have to get out in front of people, and you gotta you gotta sharpen that. And then then um I, after high school went down to Nashville. Went down to Nashville two years, cut my teeth there realized I was not as good as I thought I was because there's so many other talented people in this world. (laughs) And it was a good learning lesson for me. It was a great experiences. And I was like, you know what? I love country music. I love writing it. But I want to I want to sing like Josh Stroben. Like I've always gone back to that. I've always gone back to like captivating an audience with that type of voice. And so I went and studied with George Gibson in Washington, DC. He's my vocal trainer. And he pulled things out of me that I never thought were even in me. And he He extended my range probably about by a full octave, if not more. Wow. And then moved out to LA and started getting busy, getting bookings in LA a ton, getting bookings all over Asia, all over Europe, working with different Philharmonics and different Fortune 500 companies. And I just kind of cut my teeth going all around the world and getting paid to travel and sing. So I've been a, you know, a gun for hire (laughs) at parties.
1: (laughs) A lot of people would be thrilled to be a gun for hire in the music business. I know I've been. What about what's harder singing for Josh Groban or for your high school? I would think singing for the high school is just as nerve wracking.
0: It was. And I was, that was the exact thing that I was trying to chase again, was that adrenaline rush that came with that because it's almost like all eyes are on you and you can't mess up. But if you do, you're still human. It took me a while to understand, Hey, I, I'm human. I'm going to mess up. I'm never going to be perfect. I'm always going to offend somebody. I'm always going to not be the everybody's tight, whatever. That's fine. But, it's, you know, you got to get out there and you got you to gotta do it if this is what you want to do. And, like, that's any, any type of job. You know, you got to do it. You
1: want to be good at it. Well, and it's hard, like, at least in high school, you have to face, I mean, you actually know these people as opposed yeah. to strangers. <laughs> so, you did that. Then you toured. You did, did it ever. There was never any other type of music. You know, like you said, like, you love country music. It was always coming back to, I want to sing, like, a Josh Gross.
0: I'm a balladeer definitely through and through. And, um, I love, I love, I mean, you know, I like singing the standards like sway and things like that, that are like have like a little bit more of like a, like a dancey feel to it. But I'm definitely, I love singing the, the, the ones that tug at your heart. And, um, I think it moves people more and it's, it's just what I love to do. And so, you know, traveling around the world, I was able to sing a lot of different covers. I was able to do like a, um, you know, kind of, channel a lot of people that I've I've covered. But um, it really was just a learning experience for me and just trying trying to grow as an artist and trying to grow as a vocalist. And I think that, I mean, hopefully it's proven to be so. I mean, the voice has been really good to me.
1: Before we continue this conversation, I just want to say that 2020 has certainly been a year. And at the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot getting in the way of my happiness and achieving my goals. And I turned to BetterHelp, which is online professional counseling. And it really helped me not only achieve happiness during this time, but really achieve my goals. Behind the Velvet Rope went from two times a week to four times a week. And I wrote a book, the Behind the Velvet Rope book. So for anyone that feels that things are getting in the way of their happiness and achieving their goals, I strongly recommend BetterHelp. You don't even have to leave your house. It is online professional counseling. And what I love about it is you can start communicating with them within 24 hours of signing up. Anyone that knows me knows that if you don't get back to me, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. These counselors get back to you in a very timely manner. And you're really matched with a counselor that fits your needs. If you get a counselor that you don't like, you can just request another counselor. Everything, of course, is confidential. They deal with a variety of issues, depression, stress, anxiety, sleep. We're all having trouble sleeping during this. Trauma, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem, grief, LGBTQIA issues, And I have to say, it is actually more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available for anyone that cannot afford it. So they're growing so rapidly, and so many people are turning to BetterHelp for help that they're looking for additional counselors in all 50 states. Go to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Velvet Rope. BetterHELP.com slash velvet rope, and you get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people today taking charge of their mental health. You're not alone. If you need help, this is a great solution. BetterHELP.com slash velvet rope, and get 10% off your first month.
0: Everybody has been showing a lot of love and support, so I can't knock it. So it's been nice.
1: What about? So, I know you worked with a lot of different people as a gun for hire. One that stood out to me was Carrie Underwood. So, how did that come about? Those were in my country
0: days. That was my first real country concert I did. And it was um, at a country music festival in northern Michigan. And, you know, it was like 30,000 people in attendance that weekend. And I was nervous as <laughs> heck to do that as well. Because, like, again, I was getting thrown into the fire. I just picked up a guitar maybe like three months prior. I'm playing guitar on stage. I'm like, man, this is how you learn. You just get thrown to the fire and learn how to survive. And um, it's really, it's the power of showing up. And if you want to do something, you have a purpose and you have like a, a burning desire in your heart to do it, showing up is, is literally probably 90% of the battle. And then the mm-hmm. rest, you just kind of live off the energy of what other people are bringing to it.
1: And you are a background singer in that show for no gary. no i had a full band i
0: put a full band together and we had a I um i sang a ton of covers that night so i was oh, like oh wow
1: yeah oh wow so you you opened for gary yeah it was amazing amazing wow
0: I that.
1: whose audience well i mean was that a hard audience to win over o- no country, country fans are easy
0: like i mean i won't I, that came off wrong country fans are not easy to win over but they're very very um they want you to do well and so they're not looking to uh they're not looking to critique too much. They're just out there to have a good time and have fun and, um, you know, drink a couple beers and just listen to some good country. And music just enjoy themselves. Photos. Exactly.
1: What about backstage? Like, did you interact with Carrie? Like, did you meet Carrie?
0: No, they were all very, they're on a tight, like circuit. You Don't talk to Carrie Underwood. This is right after American Idol too. So she was, she was still hot, hot off the press and she still is hot off the press, I guess. But, they were definitely keeping people at uh, social distancing back then, <laughs> but by about 30 or 40 feet. So.
1: Cause, cause I have a friend who like opened for Brittany, you know, and she I had her on this show and she, you know, like told me some, like, were you told like that wing over there, do not enter, do not yep. speak to Carrie. Yep. <laughs> do not look Everything. at Carrie. Like, yep.
0: Do not look at her bow, say yes or not. no it was it was just very you know you know how it is in the business you know when they're trying to protect an artist and the image and and keeping that mystique and mystery and I mean I get it I've been there I've been there that's kind of one of my rules too when I go perform places especially private things I won't mingle with the guests because you know I think that's their party and I'm just there as you know to do the music and you know that's 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 what I'm supposed to do
1: bring joy in that moment. Did you see Carrie walking around backstage, or it wasn't even?
0: Yeah, like, a, couple, a couple times you would see her, like you know, with her like little like you know entourage of people. Her mom, I guess, tours with her a lot. But that
1: was really, years ago. Man,
0: at least like
1: my friend had to like with Britney, you had to like stop, oh, not stop, drop and roll, but stop <laughs> and like freeze and stand against the wall and just look at the ground. <laughs> Anything like oh, that. Man.
0: No, <laughs> not that, not that crazy. It was, it was just, we weren't even really allowed in the same area as her. So it was just, she had her space and I think they did a good job at it. It was an outdoor country music fest. So there's a lot of space to kind of spread out backstage.
1: And it was right after Idol.
0: Yeah. Yep. Right after
1: Idol. So now when from there, when like, you know, you, you were involved with Idol. So when did you get involved with Idol and how, and like, how much after that, like you were working, touring, you know, getting these gigs. When did you become yeah, I mean, involved I, with Idol? And- I, I kind
0: of got stuck in a, in a little bit of a travel pattern, you know, cause I was just traveling, performing in the Philippines a lot. I kept getting called back to the Philippines, different parts of Asia. And, you know, as a musician, as a, as a, this is what I do for a living. You have to go where the, the opportunity is and the checks are because that's your livelihood. You know, you gotta, got we have to pay our bills. That's just one of the things in life. And so, in a way, it gave me a lot of experience to go travel and do all these things. But in another way, it kind of kept me from wanting to do what I wanted to do, which is get in the studio and start recording. Instead, I'm been singing everybody else's music for years, and I love it. But I think artistship has to kind of come full circle. And I, in my twenties. I put in all, like I literally have more experience than anybody I know in this music, in this traveling and singing for like adapting to different cultures, learning different languages to sing in the different languages. And so I know I had, I had to do all that in order to do what I do now, what I can do on the voice, what I can do outside the voice. I had to go through that experience. And so I'm not looking at it as a bad thing, but now it's like, I know the voice is going to help me kind of launch me into that. Next level of artistship that I've been trying to get to for the
1: past few years. How often were you traveling? Like, I mean, were you away like three hundred? Oh 300? my goodness!
0: So, so much. <laughs> like, like, there was a time, the time I was going back and forth to the Philippines every other week.
1: Wow! And I probably I've been to the
0: I've been to Asia probably a hundred times in the past five years. I've been like, like it's there was moments where I actually had to say no to doing gigs in like um, internationally because. My body was so jet lagged. I, I didn't know what time it was. I couldn't even like like you I don't know if you ever felt that that jet lag, but imagine yeah, being like that for a lot. Six months. Six wow. months where you're just like, I don't know what time it is. I get up in the middle of the night, I'm up. It's just like that's not good for your body. And so I literally had to take like three to six months just off and just rest and, and just stay stateside because it, it wears on you so much, especially when you don't know, private jet and you're, you're going to the airport and you're just waiting in security and you're getting on a flight it, it it wears on you
1: yeah on, so. and you, i love it. you you learn to speak a lot of the different languages in asia
0: i i try to get by i try to be that's i try hard. to be adaptive enough to be able to say a few things or to be able to like you know have some type of conversation the philippines i've been able to pick up the most because that's where i've spent the most of my time i had a condo there for a while and um traveling back and forth it just made more sense to have a condo there. but um yeah like when you go into the taxi it's nice to be able to like know where you're going and not get (laughs) not get to the destination and be like well that took four hours and now i owe you my arm and half of my leg so
1: (laughs) i've had experiences in asia like that before yeah. where one time I was with a friend and we just got in a huge like with a cab drive. And I'm like, well, I, I don't want to get arrested, so I guess I have to pay this. Right. But like, I'm telling you, that yeah. should have been like a 10-minute drive and it was like two hours.
0: Like when I get into the cabs at, in, in Manila or something, I'll get in and I'm like, I don't know, pare. Um, okay, tapos, tapos, caliwa, caliwa, then tapos. Like I'll start talking like that. And, and they'll be like, what the heck? <laughs> Who's this white boy talking like that to me? And then they'll actually treat you really well. You know, so it just makes it a little easier to travel in and out of the, those countries when you know, you know, just conversational things.
1: Yeah. So what made you decide to apply for Idol?
0: Um, well, I never really applied for Idol. Um, I, that was years ago that I even thought about doing it. But um, as far as like the voice, um, it just kind of was divine how it all happened to, to be part of this you know this, TV this. show and like I, I didn't I did an MTV show last year that I wasn't too proud of <laughs> but um
1: X on know, the I didn't beach, get much beach yes.
0: yeah I didn't get much airtime which was kind of nice because I wasn't trying to because the, the industry I'm in is it's a little bit more it's a higher like echelon where it's like I didn't want to like I didn't want past clients or future clients to be like oh it's he's not really our brand you know if he's like doing different things so like I, I try to keep myself, you know, like who I am on the show. And unfortunately, when you don't react to many things, you don't get much airtime. But that's okay. And so
1: (laughs) How did you even get involved with X on the Beach? You can say the name.
0: Um no, they called me. They they called me and and asked if I would be interested in doing it. And I didn't know I didn't know what even the T V show was until I actually was on in New Zealand filming. (laughs) So I was like, Oh, no idea what this show is, but okay, I'm on the show now. And now my exes are gonna show up. Great
1: were you shocked at like, you know, like what a big show it was kind of? Cause it was, I mean, there's like a lot of fodder out there about X on the beach.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, people love drama, you know? So that's, that's people go tend to go where the drama is. And MTV is a one-stop shop for that. So um, yeah, it's like I said, like, I mean, they only put on TV what you do and I didn't really react much. And I kind of kept my, my same personality through the whole thing. And, I mean, my grandma could watch it and she'd still be proud of me. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's good enough for me. But, um. So yeah, it's actually it good still.
1: that you didn't get a lot of airtime because.
0: Yeah, probably because, you know, they didn't, they didn't have much to, you know, edit me, make it, make me look stupid or anything. But I made a lot of great friends from that show. And, um, you know, I'll definitely, I, I keep in touch with a lot of them
1: still. And you didn't freak out when you found out that it was a show with your ex?
0: No, not really. Cause like, you know, like. I try to keep everything pretty amicable, you know, going forward. But, you know, it's just, just, I'm I'm a pretty pretty even-keeled type type person.
1: You seem like (laughs) it. But yes, MTV does like their drama when it comes to TV. And they
0: should. It makes them a lot of
1: money. (laughs) So we'll skip over your past when you were at Idol many years ago, and we'll focus on the voice. So how did this, I mean how did you apply for like, what made you apply for the voice now? Well,
0: I think it's kind of all how it happened was pretty divine. You know, it's like 2020 who would have thought that we would be going through a pandemic this year. And at the beginning of the year, I lost all of my gigs. Everybody canceled because everybody was unsure. So it's like literally, all right, here's your half down back. Here's your half down back. Here's your half down back for the scare and the date. And I just, you know, had to do it because that's the right thing, obviously. But, um, you know, when I got called to do the show, they kind of had to skip through a lot of the hoops to get the show up and running because we couldn't go meet with the execs. We couldn't go do a lot of the, the things that typically you could do. So luckily I had a a past kind of like tape that they could go and, and listen to that. They're like, okay, Ryan, let's just put them through right through the blinds. And so, I just showed up at the hotel. They gave me like the songs a few weeks prior and then we went there, filmed a bunch of B-roll, then we got on stage and I and I performed what, what I performed, which was the prayer. And luckily I've sang that song a couple of times. So um, it, was, it was an interesting process, but everything you know is so different with COVID, so different.
1: So do you think you wouldn't have even, you know, I mean, everything happens for a reason. Like, do you think you would never, you never would have applied if it wasn't for COVID?
0: You can ask pretty much everybody,
1: Does anyone else think buying gifts for the men in your life is difficult and kind of puts it off to the last minute? Well, now there's an easy solution because grooming gift sets from Duke Cannon are available at Target. They're fun, they're useful. And they freaking smell so good. Take Frothy the Bear Man gift set. It's three big ass bricks of soap that are infused with beer and booze. But they don't smell like beer and booze. They smell like citrus, oak barrel, and sandalwood. It's a great gift for any guy who cleans himself. So it really applies to everyone, whether they bathe frequently or not. Or There's the Beard That Stole Christmas gift set. It's a box set of beard goods, basically beard oils, beard washes. and The best thing is both of these packages that I just described are $20. That's right, $20. The Frothy The Beer Man gift set, you get three huge bars of soap. With the Beard That Stole Christmas gift set, you get two beard oils, and one beard wash. And the thing is, these make great gifts, guys, because the packaging, it's so kitschy, it's fun. The packaging itself is worth the $20. The products are functional. Who isn't going to use beard oil or a beard wash? And who doesn't want a huge block of soap? And they're really great soaps. They smell really good. They're fun gifts, $20. They're kitschy, they're great. The men in your life will love them. If you've waited to the last minute, I mean, how many days do we have left till Christmas Eve and Christmas? Let me tell you, there is a solution. The next time you're in Target, look for Duke Cannon grooming products in the grooming section and pick this up. The Frothy the Beer Man gift set, $20. The Beer That Stole Christmas gift set, $20 available at Target. And you know what? When you give this as a gift and the men in your life are thanking you, you can come back and thank me
0: in the in the recent years and I always said I want to make it the old fashioned way. I want to make it in this business on my own merit, on my own whatever. But (laughs) you know, things change and when minds change beautiful things happen (laughs) and you can become more open-minded to things. But um I kind of just thought, you know what, this is becoming the normal way of making it nowadays. And if I have a gift and I can share it to 15 million people, every night that I'm on, then what the heck am I doing not doing it? And so that's kind of where I was like, you know what? I think it's more selfish of me not to, not to give it and not to be on the show than it would be for me to be on the show. And so I'm happy that I made the decision to be, I mean, I've made lifelong friends here. Like you have no idea the quality of people that are on the show, not just their talent, but their personalities and their characters. And I'm just happy to be one of the 20 that that's here. So it's, it's, it's very cool. And <laughs> no regrets at all and just a ton of thankfulness.
1: And to your point, your gigs were canceled and you know, you're performing, like in doing what you love, which you wouldn't be doing if you weren't on the show now, because there are no gigs.
0: No, every time I hit that stage, like literally when I hit that stage, the hairs go up on the back of my neck because I just I can feel the like the depth of gratitude I have in that moment. And um, I love staying really present in the moments. And so a lot of people talk about blacking out on stage or not. I don't black out on stage because I'm trying to, I'm trying to take and absorb that moment as much as possible because we're not promised. I'm not promised another time to get on stage. And that's 1% of the business is performing. The rest is gruel. And so you got to take that when you can take it. And like, like, again, I mean, it's a competition show, but every time I get a chance to step on that stage, it's, it's what I do and it's what I need to do. So whether I go home or not, it's my offering and if, whether it's good or bad, it's my offering and that's what I have to offer. And so people really take it or not.
1: <laughs> and the whole process was different because of COVID. I mean, is that how it works? Like everyone just had a past audition tape somewhere.
0: I'm not sure. Um, a couple people auditioned, I guess they waited in line last year. I guess they did a lot of those things, but um, I'm not, I'm not sure with the how the whole process works behind the scenes. Um, I'm kind of one of those guys that just when I know it's a big production, NBC is a big business. They send you an email and you just kind of do it, what they say. And so I don't even ask questions about a lot of things. And like, I know they, they try to include us and say, Hey, ask us questions, do this. But at the end of the day, they've been doing this for many years. They know exactly what they want. It's a TV show, but it's a, it's a music competition, but it's also a TV show. And so I understand that there's demographics that they have to play to. and. It's just take a song. This is how I look at it. Very simple. Just take the song that you, that you get or that you pick or whatever that you guys all decide on and just perform it as best as you can. That's all you can do. And so don't think of it like a competition. Just go and think of it like it's free exposure for you to go do what you do.
1: And so, Which I think is a good way to think yeah. of it. And I don't know, in my experience with reality TV and big corporations like NBC, yes, the more questions you ask, it's just, it's not a good thing. Just... Mm-hmm. go with the flow because yep. they know what they're doing and you know yeah i'd
0: rather have people say well he was very easy to work with
1: than well he'd oh, ask a lot of questions totally i <laughs> want to say twice so. did you watch the voice before you're on it
0: yeah you know i i don't watch tv but i definitely like youtube you know i would go look at the performances i'd go like you know top 10 most amazing performances on the voice and I get i get sucked into those rabbit holes watching not just the voice America but the voice everywhere and you just, right. just see how like different people different countries depicts different songs and I'm just always blown away I'm like there are so many talented people in this world and it's, it's great that like a tv show like this gets a chance for gives a chance for people to showcase their talents
1: So are your views, because I don't necessarily have the same views. Like, did your views change now that you think this is the, not the old fashioned way of doing it or the cheating way or whatever you (laughs) just said five minutes ago, like have your views changed now that you're like involved?
0: Oh yeah. 100%. (laughs) You know, It's it's still making it on
1: your own merits. It's just a different Avenue.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing that the power of media and TV is so strong. Like still, 2020 it's still incredibly strong and you think that social media has a lot of pull still but it's social media so saturated where tv is so like so direct of what they put on it and so it still has a ton of power and I'm actually blown away and like in awe by you know just seeing seeing the people that come to my page and like the traffic I get from tv it's it's been incredible
1: I would agree. I think the power of TV is the most powerful and you've noticed mm-hmm. a huge change like your followers yes. like went up and yes. the traffic. Oh,
0: yeah. So going up, like, it's like, I, I wish I could get to everybody's like, questions and, and comments, but
1: I know. it's like once you,
0: once you start doing that, it's, you have to maintain that and I'm just one guy and it's so hard to maintain that, you know, and I hope people understand that, but I'm just trying to, you know, give them what I can give and that's my voice.
1: And also... I think, well, yeah, I mean, I think the power of TV, the power of social media, but specifically yeah. TV. Now that you're on The Voice, so you watched it before you went on The Voice, your audition was phenomenal. Did you have, a, like, a preference? You're sitting there, of course, you just like, please let one chair turn around. But let's just say all four chairs would have turned around. Like, did you go in with a like, this is really who I want to be my mentor, or whose team I wanted to be on.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna go with Blake.
1: I mean, that's what you alluded to.
0: I was gonna go with Blake the entire time, like every interview I did leading up to that moment on the blinds. Because of course we shoot a bunch of B-roll beforehand, and of course they're asking, "Who do you want to work with? Who do you want?" Everybody, even my family, friends. I'm gonna go with Blake, no matter what. And then I get there, and I didn't go with Blake. And so it was really like a moment where I just kind of had to step away from like, they're kind of talking amongst themselves, Kelly and, and Blake. And I said, you know what? I just kind of said a little prayer. I said, I just want to go with whoever I feel the most peace with going with. And it just Kelly immediately and just all over. I was like, yep, Kelly, that's what I'm going to go with.
1: Why did you want to go with Blake? Like initially just the whole country connection having been in Nashville? <laughs> yeah,
0: honestly, I always thought it was so amazing how a guy like Blake Shelton, a country artist could make it in Hollywood, living in LA, like as a classical singer, it's hard enough, right. To like try to make it in this business. And so I was like, you know what, that takes a whole different talent to be a country guy that's made it in Hollywood. And so I wanted to really pick his brain about that. But then um, I realized it wouldn't probably be like the opportunity that might come with Kelly and what she can bring out me would probably supersede that. And so I think I'm just going to have to learn that as I go. But now, right now it's about music. And so I I thought Kelly was more in my lane for that, you know, the classical trained everything.
1: And so you're standing, so you're standing there like in the moment and you're Mm -hmm. listening to the conversation, you know, like to me, it was clear that Kelly was your biggest fan like that. Like, did you get that? Like, you know, like as a viewer, I got that. Like, did you get that on the stage? Like, you know, Blake was interested, no disrespect to him or you, but like, to me, it was like, Kelly was like, I, yes. I get it. Like you are like, I'm there. Like, did you feel yeah, that? it felt
0: like it felt like she had more of a passion to want to work with me? And of course, I mean, that's always something you look for. I mean, unless it's like an attorney or something that's like a little bit more just like, here are the facts. This is what I can do this. Then of course, <laughs> but, but this, right. is, this is music and it's all about like emitting emotion and emitting like your heart. And I felt like that's, that's what she was doing. And, and that's what she could probably pull out of me a little bit more. And so, um, yeah, Kelly was definitely, I thought was more of my fan <laughs> in that moment. And that's probably what tipped, tipped the scales or to her a little bit more. But, um, but I also can respect Blake, you know, he has to, he has to maintain his, his aura on the show too. So.
1: At what point, like standing there in the moment, did you go from like Blake to Kelly? Was it like right away? Was it right at the end? Were you shocked? Right I mean, at the end. Really?
0: Right at the end. Right. When I said, I, I'm like, shoot, I was going to go with you, Blake, but I'm going to go with Kelly. Like I, I'm going with Kelly. Sorry.
1: <laughs> were your parents, cause I know they showed your parents, were your parents probably like, what the hell?
0: Yeah. (laughs) My dad was like, why'd you go with, now, why'd you go with Kelly? Like you told us that you're going to go with Blake. Were you tricking us? (laughs) I'm like, no, it was just in the, in the moment, the gut. And then like, then like the producers were like scratching their heads too. They're like, what? (laughs) Really? Okay. That's interesting. Let's
1: move on. Wow. Who like growing up, like were your musical influences? Like what, who would you like in music? Oh my goodness. I liked so many people. So I'm an old soul. Yeah, I love
0: Sinatra. Obviously, everybody loves Sinatra. Lionel Richie, Jimmy Buffett, you know, David Gates, Brad, Neil Diamond. There's so many, like so many, like things, different artists that I loved growing up. Um, But yeah, those, like, I love the songwriters, the 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 ones that sing like those big masculine tender songs. That it's like, well, that's masculine, but why? How does he sound so? When he's singing it, and so like Neil Diamond, I, I've always loved. But um, that probably Lionel Richie would probably be my favorite growing up.
1: Lionel's a good one. Mm-hmm. I like Lionel, and
0: obviously Freddie Mercury, Queen. Jeez, like we, we grew up on the boat. My dad would always be playing like you know the the seventies, eighties rock.
1: So it's so weird. Like this is gonna sound so crazy because like of course like love Queen, love the movie. I have just recently, literally, when I say just recently, like maybe in the past two months, discovered just how phenomenal Queen is. Like I'm, it's not that I, 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 I get it. It's just not really my type of music. I'm more into like pop, like Lionel Richie. Sure. But like, I yeah. just got the best of Queen. It's like a triple. And I'm like, mm-hmm. first of all, I can't believe how many songs I know. I didn't realize I knew all these songs. And right. like, this music is so amazing. So I- it's
0: timeless it transcends time. it is i just had and this it, thing with queen and he's classically trained you know that's that's where he gets like that ear for like the da 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 and he goes to this whole thing it's all classical and so that's that's why i love queen but um and they're just their style and how he sings is phenomenal
1: <laughs> yeah it's you're like wow this voice mm-hmm. did you ever did you know any of kelly clarkson's music before this? oh of course yeah okay yeah
0: i mean i i wouldn't be able to like go and sing at karaoke and do it any justice but yeah I, I definitely listened to her stuff you know since she's been gone then they have, she has that really beautiful one with reba so yeah i i, I definitely I grew up hearing it my sister loves kelly clarkson actually like pretty much every woman i know likes kelly clarkson so
1: I I love Kelly Clarkson. I I would have chosen her if I were you. So that's just me. What's the hardest thing about being on The Voice?
0: Well, I'm a creature of community. I came from a big family and I think that's probably the hardest. I mean, but that's kind of welcome to 2020, you know, but uh, it's missing people. It's missing family and it's kind of, it's doing it alone, you know, but I'm I'm used to that, but it's just like, man, I wish all other seasons family came around, you know? (laughs) And I wish my family would be there, but you know, it's one of those things, it's the the life of a musician is pretty lonely. And so luckily I've been pretty trained in that, but that would be the hardest thing. It's just, you know, the monotony of just everyday, okay, it's just gruel doing it, doing it, doing it by yourself.
1: (laughs) Is it weird like being there and then, you know, performing and like there isn't this huge audience Now
0: I don't mind it. I don't mind. I see. I'm like, Usher kind of said something to me and you'll see it. You'll see on the knockouts tonight. But, um, he was telling me, he goes, you have this, this, this innate ability to go inward with your songs. And so it's not like you're singing. It's not like you're singing necessarily. Like, it's not like you're singing for people, but you're singing for people, but it's so personal. So I make, I make something so personal when I sing it. And I kind of have that more reserved mystique a little bit when I'm singing because the notes I'm hitting, it's like you almost have to hit it from such a different place in order to hit the notes. And um, it's, it's a pretty intense workout actually. But um, he said, I I go inward. So like when I'm singing to an audience, they're there, but I'm like trying to feel it in inside in order to emit it. And I'm not really thinking, okay, how are they perceiving it as much as how I am releasing it. that makes sense
1: that that makes sense so i mean like you obviously have a great voice were you like you know there's nothing wrong with being confident like it's not the same as cocky like were you shocked when two chairs turned around like did you go in being like i don't know like if i'm gonna get far in this competition yeah i mean
0: really it's so it's so arbitrary right like you just don't know like you don't know what somebody's going through that day you don't know if they're gonna be like oh gosh another opera singer another classical singer you know i don't i just don't know what they're gonna think you know so it's But like I said, it's, it's my offering and whether it's good or bad, it's what I do. And so like, really, I'm just, I'm just singing because it's a gift that God gave me. And so I'm just going to do it and that's, I'm just offering it. And so there's no nervousness anymore when it comes to that. I think nervousness is kind of a selfish thing because that means, Oh, how are, how are people perceiving me? And I just go and do it because it's what I'm supposed to do. It's my purpose in life. So when the two chairs turned, I was just grateful. I was like, Oh man, that's amazing. Like, especially because I was going like the way it was scheduled, there was already so many picks. So there's only little spots left on the teams. And so I knew I'm like, okay, if I get one chair, I'll be, I'll be very happy because I know they want to still hear three more days worth of artists (laughs) and they only have a few more picks left. And so I felt very humbled and very grateful that, you know, Kelly and Blake both wanted a turn for me. And, um, and I think that's what Kelly might might have been going through because she's like, "Shoot, I only have one more pick left, or something." Do I really want to pick Ryan? And you know, I was just humbled that she that she picked that I picked her and she picked me. So,
1: what about if the two chairs that turned around were John Legend and Gwen Stefani? Who would you have chosen?
0: Who that's tough. I would have gone with John just because I love his his songwriting. I think it's more in the vein of what I do, more of a ballad balladier, um, and. I mean, who doesn't? Who wouldn't want to work with John Legend? <laughs> I mean, he's just a cool guy, you know.
1: I see nothing wrong with John Legend, and but, no. I mean,
0: Glenn is beautiful, and she definitely appreciates me, and I love her. But just as far as like a strategic thing for me, I probably would have gone with John, and you, I would not want to go up against Carter. Carter Ruben, I would not want to go up against him. <laughs> he is—he is so, so phenomenal.
1: Who do you think is your biggest competition in that still left?
0: I think we're all very different. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's nobody that sings like me on the show, um, so I think it's pretty equal. The competition's pretty equal all throughout. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Carter won the whole thing. I mean, that that kid can sing. Like, the, I don't know if you watched last night, but man, yeah, what a voice. And so, um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't mind if he beat me.
1: So Carter. Are you are you shocked at, like, where you are? You know what I mean? Are you shocked you're still here? Or, like, I know you're very yeah, nice I mean, and humble, but, you know, are you...
0: Yeah, no, I'm shocked I'm still here. Um, so, like, during the battles, when I was working with Marissa on um, the Celine song, first off, I never listened to that song prior. And she sang it a ton of times. So she had, like, this this beautiful, beautiful, like like sound already with it and I was like shoot you sound really good which is helpful because it's nice to be working with somebody that is good when you're singing a duet but at the same time I was like man this is um this is not a fun week for me and so I was going through a lot of personal stuff in that in that week that we were rehearsing and leading up to the show my mom was battling I in the ICU with COVID and so I my brain was definitely other places during that and I know I was probably operating at about 35 percent and so I felt like a little bit I felt like right when I hit the stage right when I started singing I'm like nope I'm not here I'm not this is this is not me but I, I show, showed up still I tried to give my best but it still was like it was very very hard for me it was very right. hard for me to be there um other bunch of other personal stuff too that was going on that was pretty pretty painful but um yeah it was just the power, power showing up and doing it and you know what that's probably why I'm, I'm i'm so grateful that kelly saved me and marissa definitely won the battle so i'm just happy to be fighting another day <laughs> and hopefully yes. it'll, you know hopefully hopefully it'll all work out
1: how is your mom now
0: she's doing so much better thanks for asking
1: did any part of you think like i need to leave this competition yeah I'm sh- a
0: yeah a lot i was like i gotta i got i can't like i'm not in the right mind space for this i, I just gotta and the executive producers were very great. They're like, "We can fly you home if you need to be home." And I'm like, "There's nothing I can do. I can't go and see my mom." <laughs> you know, it's like they're not letting anybody in. So it's like I, my prayers work just as good here as they do there. So um, they were very accommodating
1: for that though, at least. Did your mother say, "Do not come home, please. You should stay right well, I can,
0: there." I, she, she was in ICU. She wasn't. Wow. ICU. So it was that was tough too, not being able to talk to her. I talked to my mom every day. So wow, it was, it was really really tough not to be able to talk to her and also the other stuff I was going through I was like shoot my sounding board is gone
1: (laughs) so she's doing better now though Mm -hmm. that's much tell us something I mean how how much do you really like interact or get to know your judges like tell us something about Kelly Clarkson that we would be shocked to find out
0: yeah I'm gonna switch in real quick here Actually, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. I I've been able to talk to them quite a bit, to be honest. I, I just don't want to lose you here. I'm oh, on no. my, my phone. My phone just gave me a, a warning that I was almost out of battery. I hate <laughs> when
1: that happens.
0: So let me. Let me I guess. ask
1: just basically because I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson fan. You know, and I'm just curious.
0: Right. Sorry, this is so. I know it's a very unprofessional.
1: Don't worry about it. We're on Zooms. This is what we do <laughs> all day, and it just is all what right. it is.
0: There we go. Now I'm going to do a, a handhold. Get, oh. get rid of the ring light for a second. There we go. Well, you okay. sound fine. Okay. So that's the key. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, getting to know the, the judges, um, Kelly's been pretty cool. I ran into her in the parking lot a couple times and I talked to her after like our performances and she's very, just like what you see on TV, that's who she is. And she wants to, she wants to help out. She wants to be helpful. And, um, she's obviously, she's a big fan. She's like, I love your voice. Every time she sees me, she even said after the, um, after we were doing some B roll after the, the last round with Marissa, she goes, my mom is going to kill me. My mom is going to kill me that I saved you and didn't put you through. She goes, she (laughs) she goes, my mom loves you. (laughs) So, I mean, like little things like that are always fun to hear. And hopefully I'll get a chance to do a duet with her in the near future, um, on the show. Hopefully, um, that'd be amazing. But uh, yeah, and actually I wanted to get on the show and do a country song too. I want to do one of Blake's songs and see if I can knock it out of the park. So he's like, what the heck? He can also sing country. Because <laughs> I don't think he knows that.
1: You have to do that. Um, What was I going to say? So Kelly's really nice, which is no shock to me. Yeah. What about like, what's, like what is the one best piece of advice that she's given you? Or like one thing you've learned and has this um, whole process changed I you, think, like as a singer and as a person? I mean, I know we're not no, done No, I wouldn't it say
0: yet. it's changed me as a singer or a person. I think what it's done more than anything is it's given me affirmation that I'm in the right place. And I mean, the battle of the mind is probably the hardest battle that we'll ever battle in our lives. And so I'm just like, you know, everybody else, when you're doing something, you could be so good at doing it. But if your mind isn't confident and your mind isn't getting encouraged in it, then you can go in a downward spiral. I mean, I know so many talented people that they, they beat themselves up too much. And then you're like, you're, but you're so good. And they, they just can't see to themselves. And I've dealt with that where I'm like, am I doing the right thing with my life? And should I be here? And so meeting with Usher, meeting with Kelly, what that's done is it reaffirmed that in me that I'm in the right place and that I'm doing what I sh- am supposed to be doing with my life, because I'm hearing from the top people in the business that they're like, wow, you have a gift, never stop doing it. And so more so than any notes I've gotten on how to be a better singer or anything like that, it's just been that affirmation that I'm in the right
1: place. That makes sense. Cause they are the top people in the business. And I imagine you've had days prior to the voice where like every singer where you're just like, this is a tough business and I, oh. I'm out
0: it's tough, you know, it's like, oh man, it's like how many people, talented people have like given up on their dreams because it just got too tough to hack. And so I, luckily my purpose overrides my comfort. That's for sure.
1: That's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know you entered for lots of reasons, but at this point, you know, we're far along in the competition. I mean, are you, I mean, we have a ways to go, but like, we, I mean, are you like, I wanna win. Like, I mean, is it like yeah. has it
0: Yeah, of course I imagine
1: the longer you're in the competition, the more you can see it and taste it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's like tonight when I when I'll be on TV tonight, I want to win that vote, you know, like I really do, but I don't deserve it any more than anybody else. Because, you know, I'm sure that they've gone through stuff in their life that bring bring them to this point as well. Um I am the oldest, so therefore I should I deserve the win. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, um, you don't have no, to be joking. No, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, yes, it's a competition show. So yes, I do want to win it. And, you know, and I'm, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to win it. I mean, I'm not here just to, just to sing one song and then be done. Like, that's my mindset. I'm here to win it. And if I do, I do. If I don't, I'm not going to die because of it. It's just, it, I'm going to learn from it. I mean, like everybody else you learn more from the losses than you do from the wins and, and whatever I'm going to take from it, it's going to be an experience and a learning experience. So,
1: well, and you look at people like who haven't won say American Idol, like Jennifer Hudson, Daughtry, yeah. Adam Lambert, yeah. like people like that. I mean, what, like, I guess, what am I trying to ask? Like these I guess music competition shows in general, like, look, we have Carrie Underwood who's huge. We have Kelly Clarkson who's huge. And then there's like a lot of other people. Like, do you think like, it's a saturated market now? Like, do you think you have to win? I mean, is it more about really what you do with it after?
0: Absolutely. So that's one thing that I've been noticing. Um, I've been in this business for a long time and I've been building so much experience for a long time that, I think a lot of people that sign up for these shows, they're not doing it full-time. It's not their full-time job. This is my only job is music. We took it all. We brought them to our land.
1: An endless night, ember, hot, and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse.
0: Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And so I've been able to develop a network of people. I've been able to like work with some of the best people in the business. And it is what you do with it afterwards. And these shows have a way of treating you like a star while you're on the show. And then the moment it's gone, you don't get that star treatment anymore. And so what you became so accustomed to in the short time you've been in the business especially if you're not in the business, you get, you get accustomed to that and then you start getting this sense of entitlement creeps in or whatever. And you're like, wait, wait, why am I not getting the same type of, you know, praise and all this stuff it's and it's because these moments are fleeting like this. And if it's not what you're, what you want to do, if it's not your purpose, then I mean, you probably shouldn't do it. And if you're just looking for the fame, then you definitely shouldn't do it because I think the moment you want fame, you should run the other way. But, um, it should just be something that you really want. And if you want it bad enough, you'll get it. And so, yeah, the this, it, I'm going to keep doing the same thing. No matter what this show just enhanced what I'm already doing, which is great. And you, I just got to look at it like that. It's just enhancing what you're already doing. Right. And, and so I think I have like a little bit of an edge there because it really is my full-time gig. Performing is my full-time gig. Um, and the other people that are on the show, it's, it's a few others like Ian Flanagan, it's full-time gig and it shows in his voice. You know, it's it, it just like, I was talking last night, I was like, when I was watching the show, I was like, man, Ian Flanagan, that's like a tragic heartbreak, you know, but it's like a beautiful, tragic heartbreak type of voice where yeah. you're just like, wow, it's so beautiful, but there's so much tragedy in it, right? And, um, and those are the people that are going to be fine in this. And those are other people that this show is going to actually enhance and help. And um, it's the people that are already doing it.
1: Right. And like, it just gives you another platform, but you were doing it yeah. before and you'll do it after. Absolutely. Do you think a lot of people, not even your season or just the voice, I do think a lot of people come into these like reality TV singing competitions for the fame, like for the wrong reasons. Not I really don't think they come it. in
0: for the fame. I think they come in because they, they think it's like a quick, easy route to the top and it can be for some obviously, but when it's not, and when it, it, well, when they're on the show, it feels like it, but right when they're off the show and they don't maintain the hype, because that's what this business is, it's maintaining hype. I mean, you know that, it's keeping buzz, keeping content, it's, it's a constant thing, and once you're out of the, the limelight, you're out of the limelight. Pe- people have a very short memory, and so if you don't captivate them and continue to captivate them, they're going to forget about you. They might be like, oh yeah, that guy from The Voice, like talking about Ryan, oh yeah, the guy from The Voice, oh yeah, he had a cool voice, but what does that, what does that translate to for your career? and so yeah it's I've worked with those people that, that come in and be like they want to get the same treatment that they got on the American Idol around the voice and you're just like yeah that's this is this is where humility plays a big role and my mom always says she goes hard work gets you in the door humility lets you stay and so you work your butt off and then you stay humble because that's what people see and that's what it's going to last a lot longer than hype. That's for sure.
1: I would agree. And the hype is, you know, like I always say, like hype is at most a week, you know, like same thing in my business, like whatever you're doing, like it's great. You got to keep creating the content or people are like, you can't live off your laurels.
0: Yeah. You have to keep connecting with people because that's what it's all about. I mean, if you're not connecting, there's no point in doing it.
1: I, I would agree with that what is you know so the show ends and you know what is your plan like after covid like to get back out on the road like do you want to record like an album like what what are your plans for the future whether you win or not
0: yeah i have a, i have a bunch of things i want to do next year i'm hoping that the world the borders start opening up so we can start traveling to different countries again and i can start performing um i'm really really praying for that um but that's obviously what i'm always going to do is is perform is um permitting, weather permitting. And then um gonna get in the studio. I wanna record a Christmas album for next year. I know That's we're not going Christmas this year, but I would really like to put compile. I've been writing Christmas music. I'm gonna writing Christmas songs. But then I also want to do some covers of like the the old standards and um maybe like a really cool stripped down Christmas, you know, like piano and voice. Maybe some strings. But um I wanna do that. I wanna get that done probably spring. Um, and then I just, I would really like to get out and travel again.
1: I mean, listen, this is—I've been to like 55 countries, seven continents. I'm a traveler. So nice. What's
0: your, what's your favorite place you've ever been
1: to? Probably. So, like, I've been to all seven continents. So like, Antarctica is probably second, but Africa is probably my favorite continent.
0: I want to go there so bad.
1: It's it's what you think it is. It's so <clears throat> the people are amazing it's easy and it's like the the wildlife is just what you think it is. You know, it's unbelievable. Like you're just like my last day there, I got to fit one more thing in. And like, I went, like I walked with a lion. Like there was no, wasn't drugged out or whatever people think. Like I have pictures. People are like, there's no way you're petting that lion. I'm like, I am. I mean, there was someone with a stick, like, not like hitting the lion, but like (laughs) that, but I literally in, was like the third person and after me they were like this whole thing is shut down like it's over because like so it was real like I was walking with a lion and each person got a turn to like pet it and then after me they were like the three of you and the other 30 it's sorry you're not getting anything because this is so it was real so it's like you're literally with these animals in their natural habitat you know and that's like you're not walking. walking most of the time you're like but you're a very close and observing and you're just like this is unbelievable. And you do get jaded after a while. Like after like four days, you're like, oh, I don't want to see another zebra. Like where's the rhino? Where's the lion? Like, so you do get jaded, but it's, I would recommend Africa. I mean, I really like Asia. I think for me, Asia, Japan is my favorite part of Asia, but I didn't like Tokyo. It's like, I'm from New York city. So like when I got to Tokyo, I was like, you know. Yeah, I'm I, home. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it's lights. one of the only other cities that I felt really like rivaled New York and had like that just right. big city feel like was cultural. So right. I agree. I'm like going crazy not not having traveled. So <laughs> do you travel That's for awesome. for fun a lot? Or you're just traveling for work so much? Yeah, like, I exhausted? do.
0: Yeah, I do travel for fun. I mean, when you like travel for work, you have you meet so many people around the world and you become good friends with them. So it's like Hey, we're going to go to such and such and go hang out. Okay. See you guys there. Totally. You know, like, you know, so it just becomes like that. And once you travel like a few times, you're like, wow, international travel is actually pretty easy.
1: That's on the same somewhere. way. Like you meet people wherever you go and you're like, okay, yeah. what's, yeah. what's your favorite place you've ever been?
0: Well, I lived in, I lived in Hawaii for a little bit. And so that in the States, that's definitely one of my favorite places, but outside the country, I would have to say, since it's so I mean, wow, jeez, oh I love the Amalfi coast. I love I love uh, Italian food. Um but the Philippines, Palawan, there's an island called I've Palawan. I've never
1: been to the Philippines.
0: It's it's something there's something like it's like you you go back in time because you go to the provinces and it's just there's no phones, wow, no cell phone reception, and it's just people still living like from making things out of like the trees and stuff so it's it's fun there's something so like so cool about it and yeah it's like it's magical almost it's pretty cool
1: wow what about do you are you the type to get starstruck like taking it back to the voice you know like with all these guests just in general like living in LA like do you get starstruck are you the type no not really I mean I have a deep appreciation for people but I kind of look at
0: it as you know what they're just they're just doing they're just doing what they want to do and i I think it's pretty inspiring but i don't know i I don't really get starstruck towards people often um probably the only one i would have got starstruck at would be alex trebek but you know he passed away so rest in peace alex but like he was probably the only because i love jeopardy i grew up watching it really yeah and you're
1: and, and you're good at jeopardy
0: Yeah, I love Jeopardy. It's it's my favorite favorite show.
1: (laughs) So Alex is the person that, like, if you could have met anyone.
0: I mean, Usher, though, when I met Usher, I was like, dang, this guy, he's a handsome dude. And he's just like, you know, he's so insightful with music. And I noticed that even watching last night how he was talking to the artist, I was like, wow, he has so much insight. And so we vibed out, me and him, we definitely vibed out. And he's like, "I I really like, your vibe I really like who you are he goes there's something about you I just really like it I felt the same way about him and so it's like almost week. we met like I'm more of like a spiritual place It was kind of cool and um and so that was that was pretty cool I mean that's I felt probably most connected to him than anybody else so far on the show really yeah even more so than Kelly I would say so because we got to a different place it was more of like a more of like a deeper connection where with Kelly it's more of like a like, I love your voice, I love your voice, and it's not, like, it's not deeper than that, really, ever, it just is kind of like, okay, do this, do that, do this, do that, and um, with Usher, he was just, like, he really was, like, what is it about him, that's not just the music, there's something else about him, and he was trying to figure that out, and trying to see that in me, and I don't think many people do, until, like, I don't know, it was just so, so cool, he is actually the one that said, when I sing, I go inward, when I sing, And he goes, that's something that I really like because he's like, you're not trying to perform. You're just trying to do you. And it's, it's so personal to you. And um, I was like, yeah, that's true. That's amazing that he like caught that.
1: I was going to say like, did you feel that before? Or I mean, you did, but you never, were you aware of it? Or he kind of like
0: made you aware of that? It's interesting because working with like the choreographers on the show and working on all this stuff, I don't move much when I sing because this type of music I do doesn't call for it, really. And they're trying to get me to move more and stuff and perform. I'm like, and I've had maybe one or two comments that I've seen that said people are like, hey, you should put it on more of a show when you do this. But to me, that, that would lose, I would lose my authenticity and my, my myself a little bit if I did that, because I would be thinking, oh, now I got to move and I got to, but I'm like, no, I just need to sing the song. Like, I need to sing it and I need to feel it when I sing it. And I think yeah. that's going to show more of a, a genuine interaction with with whoever's listening. And I mean, I've had grown men come up to me in tears after I sang something and they're like, I don't know what the heck you just did to me, but something inside changed in me. And I honestly think there's like a place when you like hit certain notes or when you start sing certain phrases or whatever, that it actually stops being physical and starts becoming spiritual. And so it's like, you stop hearing it from your ears and you start hearing it in your heart and you're like, "Whoa, that's weird. And um, cause I've heard singers do that to me where I'm like, Whoa, that hit me here. And not just in my ear. And so this, I'm, I'm trying to still navigate a lot of that stuff, but it's really cool that when people recognize that.
1: And then this is one of my final questions. Is there anyone, and you don't have to say yes, cause I know you're an old soul, but is there anyone like currently in music? Like, you know, that's on the charts now, like this new music that we have, like anyone that really, that you're jiving with, or you're still like, you are all about um, the Sinatra and the Neil Diamond and the Lionel Richie and the <laughs> Queen.
0: No, I mean, I definitely, I definitely can appreciate music of today, but um I feel like the the most talented people are the more unsung a little bit, you know, no pun intended, but um, no, like I'm, listening to even just honestly Justin Bieber. Like I listen to Justin Bieber. Yeah. And I don't care what people say about him. That he's talented. He's a talented dude. Like his songwriting and just the fact that he's got so much fame at such a young age and he's still been able to like somehow keep a decent hat on his shoulders. Like, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, it's he can play guitar, he can sing, he can play piano, he can like he puts in the work to do it. And honestly, like I don't care what people say about me, thinking that he's he's a amazing talent but I really think he is
1: I don't disagree with that There's just probably more shock to hear it from you than from what? me but I am all about the beebs. he's it's he's talented like
0: yeah he is
1: is there anything else you want to leave us with that I didn't bring up I always like to give people a chance at the end to bring up anything I may not have
0: no I just want to say thank you for having me on on your show I mean this is this is so nice it's it's good to be here
1: I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you. I'm loving watching Likewise. you on the voice. I do think your voice is absolutely phenomenal. So and I'm not Thank just you. saying that. It's Thank you. I think I think the most unique voice in the competition this season. But that's just Thank me. you.
0: Thank you. And yeah, the vote the vote starts tonight, so I need the votes.
1: <laughs> Everyone needs to vote. I will vote <laughs> for you now Thank that we've you. sat down. Team Kelly all day, every day. So Team and keep in touch. And good luck. And Absolutely. I will keep my fingers crossed that you win this thing.
0: All right. Thanks again.
1: All right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Ryan Gallagher. Thank you for chatting. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear...